Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you to another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we have the privilege of speaking with leading brands who are focused on customer channel and brand loyalty. That's a great way to get a perspective on what they are seeing and hearing in the industry. And today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Doug Baker, who is the Director of Marketing at Wing Shack Enterprises. Doug, how are you today? I'm great, Mark. How are you? Good. Thank you very much. First off, uh, we'd love to uh, start this on a personal level, get to know more about the, the person we're speaking with. Uh, so we'd love to know a little bit about you, your background, uh, your position at Wing Shack, and then maybe a fun fact about yourself. Are you a big basketball fan? Do you have 14 kids? Do you like to parasail? You know, what, what's kind of a, a passion of yours? Sure. Well, uh, thank you for, for inviting me on the program. It's an honor to be here. You know, you guys have such a wealth of knowledge and information at, at Loyalty360, and um, I'm just excited to share our perspective. Uh, my name is Doug Baker. I uh, am the Director of Marketing for Wing Shack. Um, we have nine units in two states, um, the majority of which are in Northern Colorado, but we also have one in Wyoming. We have a sister concept as well called Sexy Sammy's Chicken Sandwich and Tenders. Uh, I've been with Wing Shack for about eight years now um, and have uh, overseen its growth from four units to nine units in the sister concept. Um, and fun fact, um, well, as we were discussing earlier, I am a huge college basketball fan um, and, you know, I think Last year, for as being a, uh, the biggest North Carolina fan, you might North Carolina Tar Heels fan you might ever meet. Last year was probably the funnest season I've ever experienced in my life. Um, usually, when Carolina makes it to a national championship game, they are projected to win it. It was a miracle, in my opinion, that they even made it to begin with. And so every game was just a joy to watch because I figured they would lose every single game. Um, so it was, I got to feel what it was like to be a David versus a Goliath for one season and really pull from my heels. Well, that's good. Perfect. It's, uh, it was a great series for sure. Then they did, they made the finals. I think I'm not, I don't really remember. Yep. They, they lost to Kansas, Kansas in the national championship. It was, a, it was still heartbreaking, even though, like I said, they were kind of playing with house money. Um, but, uh, but man, what a fun season. Excellent. We always like to uh, ask brands how they define certain topics. You know, we have a, a pretty large and growing brand community. For, uh, for, and so how they define customer loyalty from a customer, uh, qualitative perspective is very important. So, you know, how do you define customer loyalty and what is, does it mean to Wing Shack? Sure. And I think it's a, sort of a difficult question. I mean, when you tread into loyalty, I think, you know, you get into some archaic terms and maybe some misnomers, at least from our perspective, you know, I think what we try to do is identify brand advocates for Wing Shack, those people that are influencers when maybe they're with a group of people and are like, where do you want to eat? Well, I think we should eat at Wing Shack. We love Wing Shack. Um, you know, if somebody's in the mood for wings, it's a crowded market, especially since the, the, um, onset of, or the proliferation, I should say, of DoorDash, Chanel, Uber Eats. So if somebody wants wings, they can get wings. Um, 
you know, we would still consider if they go to Wingstop, we could still still consider them a very loyal customer, though, if we sort of identify them as a as a brand ambassador. And how we do that is, um, you know, really thankfully due to the online ordering sector um, and our toast point of sale API. You know, they have an open API. We can get a sort of a read on who who is it, who are guests who are coming back multiple times you know, in a month, who are guests who are dying with larger groups, who are guests who, you know, are having, you know, are trying different things off of our menu. And then we're really able to segment that audience base and really talk to them sort of on a one-to-one communication style. Um, It improves the guest experience and it allows us to, to really get actual feedback from you know, our core group of customers. Okay. Excellent. So when you look at restaurant brands, you mentioned uh, the industry has been through a great deal the last couple of years of the pandemic. Uh, and we actually have a working group in, in kind of the QSR uh, and they talk about all, you know, they didn't have buy online, pick up in store. They didn't have curbside delivery, a lot of them. So it really changed uh, kind of the, the focus and structure. Uh, restaurant closures, partial openings, uh, push your digital transformation. You know, can you take us some uh, through some of the transformations you saw in, in your brand and maybe even you're still going through uh, and, you know, it, with the whole idea that you want to serve and engage more customers. So how did you manage some of those transitions of the last couple of years? Well, first of all, I have to give an enormous amount of recognition to our operations team for those early days of the pandemic when nobody, nobody really knew what to expect. Uh, like you said, there were shutdowns. Um, there was um, sort of just an unease and discomfort around going out in the public space. Um, our operations team was incredible at getting curbside set up within a day. Right. Um, you know, facilitating a safe and healthy environment for our teams. And, um, you know, I think what I was able to do from a marketing perspective is put a microphone on a lot of the things that the operations team was doing. So in those early days of the pandemic, like we were able to really get some, some good PR, honestly, out of like, Hey, you know, we'll bring it out to your car. Hey, look, this is what we're doing to protect our staff. Hey, this is what we're doing to um, ensure that your safety is our top priority. Um, After things sort of leveled uh, with the pandemic and, and we kind of got into sort of the status quo that I, you know, we're still sort of still in, um, we realized that this sort of digital first mindset, this digital channel adaptation that was happening on, you know, at a scale n- never before seen was something that we had to harness. And that was that, you know, I, I think was an existential matter for our, our, our brand. It, you know, if we didn't get ahead of the curve and if we didn't put in a progressive digital strategy, then we were going to just get left behind because habits are insanely hard to break. And people were making habits of ordering online through DoorDash, through Uber Eats, through third party. You know, I look at the relationship between third party and our first party ordering as sort of a put, uh, a game of tug of war. You know, I can't thank DoorDash and and Grubhub enough for the customers that they brought us, for the guests they brought us. And really, 
you know, it's a value statement that's impossible to beat. You know, if I'm able to order, you know, my favorite restaurant that that maybe might be a barrier for me to get in my car and drive down, they'll bring it directly to my house. I can't compete with that. Um, so what I ha- I have to do to encourage first party ordering and, and because third party is just not sustainable. Right. Um, what I have to do is sort of get in the tug of war where, where DoorDash, Grubhub, they're going to be part of the picture, but I need to sort of pull, pull back some of those guests that they've brought that, that we've delighted through our um, dining, through a dining experience directly with Wing Shack and have them directly order through our you know, our channels, our first party channels. And so, you know, about midway through the pandemic in early 2021, we switched our online ordering provider in order to provide more clarity on the customer journey. Um, We put in several op, um, we put in several optimizations and how we deliver and fulfill orders um, from an operation side. And then we built out a loyalty program that, put emphasis, like I said, on those brand advocates. Um, We were able to segment out, our loyalty program is able to segment out based off of a tiered system. So our highest tier is our Hall of Fame, the Wing Shack Hall of Fame. And like those are, to, to me, our most important guests. Those are the ones that we need to cater to, that we need to build systems around. We need to listen to, and we need to understand how to provide a better dining experience. Okay, great. When you look at the success of your customer loyalty, customer experience efforts, and what KPIs do you do you and your team use to measure efficacy? That's a good question um, because there are so many variables that go into key performance indicators. You know, like if it's if we being in Colorado, if we get a ton of snow, you know, and it's a slow day, do you put that at marketing speed? Do you put that at operations speed, or do you call it a wash? Um, you know, and so what I, it all goes back down and, and sort of my sort of main thesis and my main mindset is those customer advocates, you know, those people that influence buying decisions before they happen. Um, and so a lot of our key performance indicators from a marketing perspective are, of course, you know, your, your revenue, your ticket count, your total ticket average, but then also, how many people have spent $3,000, you know, year to date at Wing Shack? Is that a low number? Then how do we sort of get that higher? And how do we reach out to people and create a more unique experience? Because to create, a, in my opinion, a brand ambassador, um, considering how inundated everybody is and how with, with different advertising and loyalty programs, and how um, you know, crowded the marketplace is, uh, we have to be unique. You have to have some sort of market separator in there. And so a lot of our marketing programs and initiatives will come from like, how do we create an emotional connection? And you know, how do we give these people that, that are you know, keeping us open and they're allowing us to sort of organically grow, how do we make an experience that you know deserves their hard-earned cash. If they're going to come and sit down and, and give us their hard-earned cash, we have to make it worth their while, and we have to spark a velvet rope around them that says, like, "Hey, 
we see you and we appreciate you. And we're going to keep doing the best we can to, to deliver, you know, the highest value and the highest quality product. Great. When you look at uh, privacy, I was on your site the other day and I noticed that uh, you explicitly men, uh, mentioned privacy uh, kind of in, in, on the site. You know, lots of challenges. Uh, uh, Google, the cookies going away, the Facebook and Apple issues, a lot of concerns uh, from our members of Look360 around privacy and how to measure it and how to, you know, it, it kind of decrease the impact. So you know, how are these changes that you're seeing, uh, you know, with the cookies going away and the Facebook and Apple privacy battles and even Apple mail privacy, how is that impacting your ability to drive customer loyalty? It's, it's different, especially because I have a background steeped in digital marketing. Um, luckily, I sort of bounced over to an email marketing platform very early in my career. And I sort of learned the power of first party data of unique identifiers. Um, when you have an e-commerce store um, and it was sort of, that was sort of when I first, it was about 2010 um, when I started at constant contact uh, and which is a, an email marketing provider. And it just dawned on me a light bulb in my head went off of like, what an amazing advantage E like e-commerce retail has over brick and mortar retail. Like I always thought it was convenience, which obviously plays a part. I thought there was a myriad reasons of why, you know, e-commerce was just killing brick and mortar retail. But then when I saw like, oh, you can segment, you, you can identify who your guests are. You can segment messages. You can tailor messages. You can create workflows and really have a conversation with your customers versus a transactional relationship. Um, you can have a relationship that extends beyond the four walls. Um, that's when it really dawned on me. And, you know, I had grown up in restaurants. I had, um, I've been working in restaurants my whole life and had gotten into, into the tech, the dig digital world. But when I saw this opportunity over at Wing Shack, you know, Early on, I, I wanted to get back in the restaurant. And early on, I said, you know, like e-commerce is coming for you. Um, you know, they it came for retail, it came for hotels and hospitalities with hospitality with Expedia and Hotwire and all those. Like it will come for you if you're not ahead of the game. So the degradation of the cookie, um, the new privacy laws are something that I think makes it a little harder to advertise you know, to just buy little boxes on the internet. Yep. But if you have a progressive digital strategy in place and you're collecting, um, you know, your guests' contact information, should they provide it, and your con guests' phone numbers, you know, any unique address, then you can use that to really have a great conversation with, with your guests and with those people that keep your lights on. Absolutely. And the last question, um, we have partnerships are a growing area of interest for uh, brands today, uh, having alignment uh, in, in response to some of the challenges. So with privacy, you know, CCPA and CDPA in Colorado has their own privacy regulations. I'm sure mm -hmm. you're intimately familiar with. You know, partnerships are a way for brands to potentially leverage other brands if you can get them in a symbiotic manner. Uh, but it, it's kind of, uh, it can be a very big challenge to get complete alignment. You know, how has 
your brand and maybe restaurant brands in general looked at and approached partnerships? I'll give you one one great example, and I, I don't want to blither on too much because I've been known to do that. But um, about 2015, 2016, we saw the amount of market share that DoorDash and DoorDash is really the king up in our region. Um, the DoorDash was taking, and we saw the commissions that they were charging, and you know, we, we all kind of looked at each other and said, this is unsustainable. Like, I don't, we're going to get priced out. We're going to have an awful reputation because in order to, to make any money, we're going to have to inflate our mini prices. And so Wing Shack and a group of at now 35 other independent locally owned restaurants in the Northern Colorado area formed a co-op called NoCo Nosh. It has since been rebranded as just Nosh, and it is a independently owned co. Well, it is a there's a co-op that's owned by independent restaurants. Excuse me, that provides third party and last mile delivery. Now, that was, in my opinion, an amazing community step of recognizing a problem and a group of restaurants coming together and saying, hey, let's pool our resources here and let's figure out how we can get this done so that we can offer an alternative to DoorDash where our prices aren't as low, there's local on the boots on the ground service, and there aren't these sweetheart deals for you know, larger corporations, which you know, maybe one day we'll, we'll be there, but right now we're just not there. Um, and so that sort of, Synergy and that sort of community partnership helped propel so many different, you know, so many different positives. You know, Nosh in and of itself does fine. It's never going to compete with DoorDash or Grubhub simply because it just doesn't have the market share. It was too late to the game. But like I said, it, it offers an alternative, you know, where we can say if somebody calls in and says, hey, do you have delivery? We can say, yeah, visit Nosh.com for the best delivery deals. Um, and then it's allowed us to sort of open doors and sort of share, you know, hints and tips with, with brand new restaurants, with, you know, people who have been doing this for 40 years. Um, you know, we're a youthful company and I can't speak highly enough to like having a good partner or having multiple partners who say, who can say, you know, hey, I've been where you've been before. This is how we work through it. And it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be a, a set of IKEA instructions they give you, but it'll give you a template that you can work to sort of get through whatever issue you might have. Okay. Uh, one, one final question. What can Loyalty360 do to help you and your team uh, in your customer loyalty journey? So I mentioned at the onset of the call, you know, you guys just have an amazing body of content and resources. Um, and I don't think that people know like how much knowledge there is at your fingertips on Loyalty 360. It is a ever-shifting game. You have to be ahead of the curve. And to have a spot that is, to have a, a hub where it's, that is the main emphasis and that you have people from all walks of life sharing their perspective. Um, you know, I've listened to, I, I listened to one with, um, 
you know, the head of brand from, uh, from Carl's Jr., uh, from their uh, parent brand. I can't remember the name of it. You know, there was insight that I gleaned from that that never in a million years would I have found by just chatting with our team internally. Um, so, you know, I think if I could say one thing is like education and knowledge is out there and like you, it's up to you to take advantage of it. Loyalty 360 is opening the door for it. It's up to you to walk through it. Well, thank you very much. It was a nice uh, kind of summary there, a nice plug, uh, but it was great to hear kind of how we're impacting uh, your brand and uh, hopefully others as well. Uh, there's a great deal of content and uh, hopefully it helps uh, kind of elucidate and elevate the discussion around customer loyalty because that's really our goal. So thank you. Well, and thank you very much. And also, Doug, for taking the time to talk to us, uh, sharing your journey, uh, you know, Wing Shack, what you guys are doing, how you're doing it, uh, and, and some of your unique uh, kind of program focuses is great to hear, especially for a, a smaller entity. Your, your passion and commitment to customer loyalty is, is resolute, and uh, you don't always hear that. So thank you again for taking the time to share with us. Mark, I appreciate you guys taking the time to, uh, to highlight our little brand here in Northern Colorado. And uh, I'll just say, go Heels. Absolutely. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, join us again for another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. Have a wonderful day.